Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Welcome, everyone, to today's podcast. I think you're going to get a ton out of this. I have an amazing guest today with a really amazing story, and it's also a story about awakening. I would love for you, as you're listening to this, to think about things that maybe you have gone through that created some sort of devastation in your life, and was there a gift that came from that? And that is really going to be the topic of today's talk. My guest today is Celine O'Donovan, and she is talking to me all the way from Galway City on the west coast of Ireland, a place I have not gotten to yet, but I so want to get there. And I know that I will before I make my transition. (laughs) So a little bit about her following a successful and international career in marketing. She's now a published author. The book that we're going to be talking about is entitled Gifts from the Devastation. So that's why I wanted you guys to begin to have in mind maybe something that you've gone through in your life and have you found the gift? And if not, I think this podcast is going to help you to find that gift for yourself. But she had really a major life change back in 2016. And this change um, in direction from being having a career in marketing to becoming a published author was really accelerated by her personal lessons after she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Her message is nothing happens by chance and all life events are sent to spur spiritual growth and enable us to fulfill our individual gifts. So the reframing of how we see our lives now shapes Celine's writing. Her mission is to create personal and practical epiphany moments that allow her readers and our listeners to discover this for themselves. Celine's other loves are the development of conscious communities, nature, knitting and all things holistic, which is what the Path 11 podcast is all about. With a career now as a writer, public speaker, and coach, Celine is living proof that crisis can be the impetus to grow find meaning, and ultimately enjoy a better life. So Celine, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thank you so much, April. Delighted to be here. And thank you for the lovely introduction. I hope I live up to it. (laughs) No, you are so welcome. So the title of your book is really interesting, Gifts from Devastation. And the first thing that it really made me think about was a time when I went to one of my energy healers and I was going through a really tough time. I might've been maybe when I was going through a divorce, was feeling very devastated. And she said to me, April, there will be a gift in this. And there was a part of me that wanted to punch her right in her face. (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? I was just in the throes of, you know, this crisis and this sadness and feeling completely devastated. And that was a really tough thing for me to hear when I was, I wasn't even like probably on a spiritual path yet. Didn't even know the concept of what that meant. It kind of felt a little bit like, oh, are you not understanding my pain? I was so involved in my pain and like for her to say there was a gift in this, but it was a seed that she had planted 
And it started to change the way I was looking at this event that was happening to me and helped me to move out of this victim mentality, you know, oh, this is happening to me instead of this is happening for me. Mm-hmm. So, and I know we're going to get into this a little bit that you have a story, but this is kind of what your work is all about is also trying to help people recognize that there is a gift in everything that we go through in these difficult parts of life and to begin to find that gift or to begin to look at that rather than kind of probably what I was doing at the time, throwing my hands up and tantruming and saying, this isn't how I plan my life to be. So I would love to open up, you know, your story in the beginning of this podcast with what happened in your life in 2016 that really began to be this catalyst for change for you and how now look at your cancer diagnosis as a gift. Okay. Yes. So yeah, two, 2016 was a was a big year. It was the year in February, I think 11th, I won't forget it, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I suppose just for your listeners to give a sense of, I suppose, the complete journey of transformation, I call it, which is still ongoing. I don't claim to have got anywhere or know everything. I'm just an average person who was going through life like everyone else with their struggles have happened to have found a way of navigating life and the challenges in a way that has just been absolutely magical for me, despite the ups and downs we all experience. You know, we always, that's that's the journey of life. But I suppose an interesting thing, what really helped me and started the process was, I too, like you, personally went through a marriage breakdown many years before. So I often say to people, cancer happened to be the breakdown that I suppose, I believe there's a timing in everyone's life, really a divine timing when maybe we're ready to start looking at life differently. Cancer happened to be that time for me. I had other breakdowns and challenges before it. As I said, my marriage broke down. Like I, I, on the surface, like many of us, I look to have a very charmed life, as, as even from your introduction. And as we know, often what's going on inside of each of us is very different to what we see on the exterior. And, you know, I was guilty of that. I often judged people and looked at their possessions and whatever they had. So that's been a big part of the lesson is, you know, you never know what's going on inside of us. And and I wore many masks. I can say that now, you know, yes, I did go to college. I got a good job. I got married. The breakdown, that was my first big, I suppose, trauma, let's say, in life. I traveled a lot with work. So there was a lot of a lot of good things on the surface going on. But I have to say, probably from a very young age, I ha- I did find this world quite difficult. And I'm only really realizing it now because I suppose like everyone, we do our best to fit in because that's what we're told from a young age. You know, this is the system. What else do you do but try and conform? So I did and I managed it on some level to look and you know, get the job, buy the house, do all those things. But approaching 2016, this is the key as well, is for about two or three years before, I was beginning to feel very burnt out. I wasn't getting much joy or fulfillment out of my job anymore. I worked with teenagers in a university at that stage. That was after I worked. It was sort of a marketing role, but also I was going out to schools and supporting young people making decisions about college which I loved for many years because I loved working with young people and just being, I'm very inspired by them and learning from them as well. 
But I began to become very disillusioned by the education system, the stress I could see. I'm sure it's the same in the States, but in Ireland, we have a very competitive system to come out of school and into college and university. And it's not for everyone, but this was the sort of everybody, every young person seemed to be sort of channeled into this path. And I could just see the distress and the, the just, you know, a lot of them not following their passions. So that was one aspect I really felt. No, I want to be working with young people in a much more holistic way. This isn't working for me anymore. So there was that going on. My way of, I don't think I had fully dealt with my marriage breakdown, even though it had been maybe 10 years before. So I had gone on a path of, I suppose, trying to outrun life is the only way I can describe it. And I I did it quite successfully, well, sort of successfully on the outside for many years. I didn't know how to deal with my emotional pain. And I, and I think that's a huge problem in our world today. That's been a huge factor in the shift that has taken place. So I was trying to outrun that pain for so long. And to many people, I appeared fine. But I wasn't. And I struggled with anxiety, depression, addiction. There were days I wished I didn't wake up, you know, in the morning. And I found that even hard to talk about. You know, I found it very, very difficult. So there was this had been building and building and I could feel it in my nervous system. I could feel it, you know, that feeling of approaching burnout. I, I didn't fully know what that was, but I just knew something's like a car overheating. I could feel it getting louder and louder. And as we all know, we often get lots of wake up calls, smaller ones, until we're ready to, to listen. So I had a car accident the year before my cancer diagnosis. Nothing too serious physically, thankfully, but I was very stressed at the time. I was traveling with work. I just felt I'm reaching, you know, boiling point here. I can't suppress or keep everything in that's going on. I literally felt I was bubbling over. So the car accident, I ended up off work for a month. And literally, I believe, I don't really know, but I believe I had some sort of nervous or mental breakdown because I literally couldn't process if someone telephoned me. I found there was all this sort of static. And so I'm still... You know, I was off work, but I still seemed to other people OK. But I went to my doctor and I, I remember I had such adrenaline after the accident. I actually worked harder. And then suddenly one day I plummeted and I went to the doctor. And I just cried and cried. I said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't know what's wrong. Why is this happening? And uh, to be fair, she was very good. And she said, look, you've been shook up on many levels. So she was able to even, you know, not a lot of doctors can, but she said, you know, even mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, something more is going on. And I knew that I didn't know what to do. So I go back into work again because and I do believe this. I mean, it's not I hope, you know, most people don't have to go through difficult circumstances. But my experience sometimes is that often the break I call it, you know, in the breakdown was a breaking open for me. That's that's ultimately what happened. I've really only processed that fully in the last few years. And as I was writing, they talk about breakthroughs, but it was a breaking open because I was still very much in the, the person. I was very shut down. I was just, as I said, sort of very probably living very much from ego when I have to very disconnected from who I really am and my source. And so the breaking open, something happened during the cancer treatment process because my mind shut down, my body shut down, 
and I can remember it so vividly. So I, I suppose I'm jumping into the, the diagnosis, but that I, I feel that had to happen. I went back into the work system and then just everything, you know, got too much and the diagnosis came. And at the same time, I sort of knew I was living alone at the time, going through treatment. And I debated whether to go through treatment. It wasn't really what I wanted to do. You know, there was a lot of things going on. I had lived a very holistic life, but it had spread to my lymph nodes as well. So as I made the decision as to how to deal with cancer, I worked and I worked very holistically throughout it. But I came in touch with a spiritual healer, an Irish woman living in India. And I was having a lot of difficulty making the decision about the doctors were sort of shouting at me, you know, it's time to, you know, it's in your lymph nodes, you need to do something. And then I had a healer friend I'd been working with who was helping me and had actually removed. I really, I could feel it. He had actually uh, done a, a ceremony where he had actually removed the cancer from the lump in my breast, but he hadn't. It's a bigger story, but she basically said to me, look, there's no right or wrong in this, you know, whatever feels right for you is the decision you make. And you don't, none of us know what's right for our, I suppose, future work and who we will be and what we need to experience. And I needed to experience going through treatment because I needed to be taken out of the system really for about two years. And that's what happened because the fatigue, my whole system of years and years and years, you know, years of, of just holding everything and then the letting go. And I, I couldn't sustain holding on to everything because my you know, the, the treatment was so aggressive and so difficult on the body that everything stopped. My mind, my body, and that was when everything broke open. I just remember, and I've nearly forgotten, I just remember the sense of peace and calm and being supported and guided and looked after and the love. Despite all the physical difficulties, I had never, something that I had craved all of my life was this feeling of belonging and being home and being who I am. That started, it was just sort of beginning to, I can just say, break open. And that has been the greatest gift. If I'm, there's been so many gifts, but it was a letting go process. I think there's a part of us, isn't there, that has, we have to get to a point where we're willing I remember driving one day, actually, and I literally just said it was during treatment and I felt like I took my hands off the steering wheel and went, OK, I can't do it. <laughs> Take over. And I describe it to people that during those two years, it was like God said to me out of the driving seat, I'm taking over here now and you need to get yourself in <laughs> or get yourself in order and, you know, remember who you are and what you're here to do. And yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many good points in there that <gasps> I know I went on a little long there. It's no, like... <laughs> it's great. It's great. It's great. There, you said so many important things. I mean, like you said, it's the, instead of a breakthrough, more of a breaking open. And it almost feels like a true reboot, you know, like a true reset with the fact that your physical body just kind of shut down. Like you said, the mind, the physical body, the treatment of what you went through, it's like you had no choice and in essence, a true surrender, you know, like letting go of that wheel. Gosh. Yeah. So you said so many things. I think I want to start a little bit, go a little bit back from the beginning. Let me just make a quick note here. Okay. So we're going to get to that point too. But one of the things that I want to focus on, you had mentioned that you were feeling the burnout and that there was very little joy in your life. And we have had a lot of 
different people on this podcast and healers and a lot of people talking about what you said too, and also the mind body connection. So, and you know, many, many teachers and healers that have come on this show have talked about like, if, if we do not connect with the, with our emotional self, that the emotions have energy, they will kind of manifest in the physical body. And I was wondering, do you feel like that burnout exhaustion, not really finding your joy? Do you interpret that as the meaning of it going to the breast? Yes, I do. I mean, I, I really, and I suppose I'm very, when I describe to people as well, when I first got the news, as shocking as it was, and some people might find this hard to relate to, within a couple of weeks when that had sort of come into my system, the overwhelming feeling I had was relief. Now, not relief I had cancer, it was relief I could stop. And for the first time in my life, it felt like my life made sense exactly as you have described, the body, mind, the emotional connection. So everything that I had been feeling finally made sense because nothing made sense before that. I knew on some level, this is not how I as a human being, a divine human being, I knew that even still at that, even though I wasn't as connected spiritually, it had always been there. I was very much so as a young child, I was very connected, even though I didn't know, fully understand it. And I think like many of us, we shut it down so we can fit in because our world doesn't necessarily, it hasn't up until now, I think we're getting better at accommodating and encouraging that connection of us coming back into our power and who we really are. So yeah, for me, the I see now the cancer, definitely there was a total imbalance in given, giving and receiving in my life. I, I had no boundaries. I had no sense of self, the importance of looking after myself and being able to say no to others and allowing I found it very difficult to get to receive support and I found it very difficult to ask for it. I had become, that was my way of dealing with my pain in life. I became very, I suppose I shut down a bit and I became a survivor and I could do it on my own sort of way. But I think the bigger, even bigger than that, I think there's an emotional source to every illness. And I think that's the most, and it's not about, I know we hear people talk about this. This is not about blaming anyone or anything. This is about helping you understand. This is a very empowering way to show you, look, things have just got a bit out of balance. And how else does our body speak to us? How else, you know, they say pain is a messenger. How else are we communicated? Does our source, God, creative force communicate with us other than through our body? Because we're we're spirits in a body. Well, that's how I see it now. So how else, you know, so it's really important to be in the body. And I was never in my body. It was up here in my head. Too much pain to come into the body. So that's a whole other uh, topic, which I think is really important. So for me, the, the the true, when we think of cancer, it's about, to me, it's we're all creative energy and we are all energy and everything is energy. But if it's not being expressed, where does it go? So it's shoved down. So that to me is the cancer growing inside. This is this energy that is sort of growing inwards because I wasn't expressing myself at all in my life. And it's very interesting post-cancer as as I've understood that, my life is just overflowing with creativity now because it's who we are, you know, and I never, ever understood it. It's a passion of mine to sort of remind and, and hopefully help people see that in themselves. It's not it's not just the preserve of a few people who are artists or musicians. It's 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 everything. It's the universe. It's it's what we are, what we come from. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Lovely. It was a huge, a huge part understanding, you know, connecting all of that life made sense. Um, sure. a big, not a difficult way to learn it, but I won't forget that lesson. <laughs> right. Well, and like you said, you know, the body's a messenger and what does it need to do to scream out to us to say, stop, slow exactly. down. What is it exactly. that really matters? You know, and sometimes the physical body going through an experience like this, you have no other choice, but to stop, you know, and like you said, the yeah. relief, the relief that I can finally stop. And okay, now I have to focus on myself. Another thing that you brought up that I think is really important, you know, in the community. So probably a lot of our listeners also take maybe more of a holistic approach, or they're searching for a holistic approach in their life, not only just for physical ailments, but for their own mental health. And, you know, they're, they're trying to bring more natural remedies in and trying to understand how can I heal myself without pharmaceutical medication or without this or without that. But I have um, run into many people who were taking more of the holistic route and then had a diagnosis like this. And were really faced with the um, choice of, do I go all natural or do I allow chemo and radiation into my body? Does this go against what I've believed I can do all along? I thought we really can heal ourselves. Do I want to bring this in? Is this going to do more harm? And I've, I've seen some people do a combination of both, but a couple of people that I've heard that kind of went through this dilemma, it was kind of a very hard thing within the heart to, I guess, maybe kind of come into coherence. I know you talk about heart math yeah. here, but to really kind of settle those two sides. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you said something really important of what your healer had said, there's no right or wrong way to do this mm -hmm. and what feels mm -hmm. right to you. So I'd just like to hear a little bit more about your journey in deciding your treatment and maybe combining everything. Cause it sounds like you had a real full approach to your healing. It wasn't just all Western medicine. It wasn't just all holistic healing, but can you talk about that? Cause I feel like maybe some people really need to hear that and to also give themselves permission that if they've lived very much of this holistic life, but you've got doctors like you had screaming, like it's going into the lymph nodes yeah. that maybe it can give them a little permission and feel okay to use Western medicine that maybe they kind of were like, Oh, you know, they yeah. didn't want to touch. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was a very difficult time for me, exactly as you said. I think now everything, we have such unique, each of us has come here with such a very unique purpose and expression. Like we are all just aspects of what we come from. And and just everybody, you know, even when we were going through treatment, which I hadn't wanted to do, but I, I'm, I'm glad I did and I wouldn't do it again. So it's, but it's all the experience because you know, what really came up. So I was very torn because I had been, as I said, working with a healer and a shaman and I was doing sound healing classes. And I was sort of, I had been trying to direct my life from this very corporate marketing job into more holistic. I was looking at energy therapies and Reiki and I know you do all of those. And, but for some reason, it wasn't the path for me to work in at the time. You know, I mean, obviously it's benefited me and maybe I will. And I use it in so many ways. But something I knew myself said, why is this? This is obviously isn't exactly the path I'm meant to go on right now. So when it came to the diagnosis and I rang that friend who was the shaman and he said, oh, come straight down and I'll do some herbs. And he did a shamanic ceremony. I was talking a little bit about that. And he did. Now, many people may not like to remember because the lump had been very 
you'd say alive and soft. And he did a, a ceremony and he used crystals and it's a long ceremony, but he basically, I know, I know he removed the cancer because I could feel it. It was dead, dead. Like I, I knew it. And he was saying to me, now go and talk to the consultants and get a blood test. And I was like, they think I'm crazy. If I ask them, I tell them this guy removed, you know, but I was so torn. It was, it obviously was meant to happen. So yeah, I was over and back. And then this wonderful lady, she just said, you don't know what purpose, this is even as well what she was saying, you don't know what purpose your experience is going to serve. And I can say now for sure. So I learned, you know, there's been so, it's been so holistic on so many levels and still is. But the people I talk to now and the women I met throughout treatment and the people I've helped and learned from, I don't know that that could have happened if I, if I had got a sudden healing firstly in an overnight, I was cured. I'd have probably gone back to the old, I, even though despite I didn't want to, I wouldn't have had the time to process and integrate everything. And that's what this healer, that's where the title of the book came from. She said every treatment I went for with her throughout the, 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 the Western treatment, she used to say, let's ask that you integrate all of the learning from this experience and carry only the gifts. And that is what has happened. So the learnings that I had to go through, this, this, I suppose I would say just to anyone who is in that dilemma is to go as much as you can. She helped me because I couldn't get into my intuition. I couldn't hear my guidance because I was so stressed. So through doing a few sessions with her, she was able to guide me in where I was able to sort of, and she was able to mirror back to me so I could hear that voice and go, Okay, it's okay. You know, when you feel your body relax at the, you know, with the decision, or you know, you know, okay, this is okay. This 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 feels right. Yeah. So I would have. This was the first thing is I would have probably raced back to work, not knowing what else to do. So I needed to be taken out of the system, and the only way that I could have been is through putting a lot of toxic drugs into my body. But at the same time, you know, I I don't. I would have been very black and white with this. I am not at all anymore, and I I think that's key as well. Coming out of firstly judgment of ourselves and judgment of others, and I have learned so much about myself, my body, its ability to heal, like to process all of those drugs. Like the, how powerful. Like at the end of the day, it is. A, it was a self healing journey for me, despite going through Western all of that because. To my mind, if I don't fully integrate and process and see where I was out of balance in my life and understand the messages, I'll get cancer again or I'll get something else. So it's an ongoing, I don't want to put fear in anyone. I don't mean it like that, but it's not a, it's, there's no quick fix. It's really about coming back into, for me, that the, the true, the true journey was coming back into the fullness, the truth, that breaking open of who I was. And then everything else just falls away. And then there is no right or wrong. So anyone listening, I think whatever feels right to you is right for you. There is no, because there's a purpose. Everything serves a purpose. Like if I, you know, I am, I'm sort of like that about everything in life now. I think we have to be more compassionate to ourselves. You know, as much as we can know that we are spiritual beings in this human body, this human body isn't often easy to sort of, I was I was listening to the, this beautiful book, The Infinite Self by Stuart Wilde. I hadn't heard it before and I was listening to it this morning. And he said, some days it's not hard getting easy getting up with this big body. We have to plunk around every day, you know, and we've stuffed ourselves this huge spirit, limitless being into a body. So I think it's really important to be 
compassionate. And we don't know what purpose anything we go through serves, you know, as she said, until afterwards. I now can speak with, this is the other side of it, I can speak now to women who I have been through the same experience as them, because most people do end up going through conventional treatment. I have credibility, I have compassion, I have, you know, I have lived the experience they have been through. So I have something to offer there. Whereas if I was out talking to people now saying, I had a miracle cure from cancer in a day, I'm not sure maybe I would reach as many people. Right. And, it, you know, that had to be my, you know, we all have to hit sometimes, not saying have to, but often do hit rock bottoms in our life and big. I wouldn't change one moment. It has made me who I am. And sometimes we have to, yeah, just I would say be, there is no, there only you know what's right for you. And trust, trust the voice inside. Trust that. Yeah. Like you said, I wouldn't change anything that happened. I mean, the, the gift really is like, it got you back on path of what you were meant to do here. You know, really sounds like you're much more in alignment than where you were when you were doing the marketing and working with the teenagers. And now, you know, it feels like a real sense of fulfillment and purpose and being of service and helping others. And sometimes you have to, you have to walk the path before you can bring others through the path, exactly. you know, themselves. Exactly. You got to know the route. <laughs> exactly. And you know the route. Yeah. And we take different paths because even looking back at my life before, it was a great book and I've just read so much and learned so much throughout the time and found a lot of different spiritual teachers and people. And that gave me the time in the two years. If I had it a quick fix, so it really allowed because I think, you know, we've become such human doings. I was anyways, do, 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 do. And the big shift has been the shift from plugging into the outer world and plugging back into me. And I, I, you know, and pl- plugging into the, it's, I call it a journey of remembering. It's not suddenly finding something. We all knew who we were before we came here. And even as a young child, most children do, because you see them, the joy right. and the innocence and the, just their true nature. And I described it when I launched my book a few weeks ago, and I was thinking about, there was a whole theme of freedom. It was at a retreat I was at. And I was thinking of it in terms of myself and the book that the TV show that came to mind. I don't know if any of your listeners remember it, maybe too young. Uh, Born Free was the TV show about the couple out in safari in Africa. And they rescue this little cheetah cub and she was born free, but her mother dies. And then they, they domesticate her. So she's sort of like we are, you know, in the system. We sort of are taken from our true nature. And we try and fit ourselves into all these systems. But I think it's it's the cost of suppressing the human spirit. That's what, to me, cancer was as well. You know, there is a point, like the little cub, the lion cub, they had to release her. They knew after a few years, they said, she's not going to survive. A a little, a lion cub is not going to be a lion, not living in this way. And I listened again to that and I said, that's like the journey, you know, and then they returned her to, they had to support her and help her return to her true nature because she'd been mm-hmm. so domesticated. And I think that's been the journey for me because in those two years and even still, I had to learn, okay, if I am going to be living more truthfully as me, which sometimes is difficult because you're sort of saying no to some of the systems that you were in, you know, going, no, this isn't for me anymore. I am determined to create a new life. That isn't easy. And you need the time to process and adjust and resettle into it. Who am I and what am I about here? And it's always unfolding. But yeah, I think that's that's really I just it really helped me to look at the 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 experience in that way. It's 
whatever we go through is really bringing us back. It's a journey of remembering who we really are. Yeah. Um, and well, and funny too, because in the movie Lion King, you know, we're talking about the cubs yeah. and stuff. That was one of the messages. Remember who you are with Musta- yeah. Mustafa, you know, um, yeah. kind of putting that out in the clouds there. And towards the end of this podcast, I am going to ask you to teach our listeners about your inside out living indicator, because you're kind of talking about boundaries and, you know, to how to take care of oneself. And you've kind of come up with this really beautiful wheel away when people, you know, purchase your book and read the book that they can do their own assessment. They can score themselves. And it really gives you a nice like checks and balances of where are you at and how well are you taking care of yourself? So we're going to get to that. But I wanted to maybe talk a little bit about some synchronicities because there's a you know reason why I went to your chapter 19. It's called Shine Your Light. But before we get to that, there were some synchronicities of why you chose the sunflower for your book cover. And I absolutely love sunflowers, by the way. Mm, and so I love stories of synchronicities. And the sunflower is just, it's a really beautiful flower and has a lot of meaning and message. Mm-hmm. I've looked it up before and I know a little bit maybe about what you might say here, but I would like you to kind of share a little bit of those stories about the sunflower and the synchronicity. Okay. Yeah. I, I remember when I was coming up, the publisher actually asked that, you know, I come up with the, the, the idea for the image or, a, you know, a general idea. And I knew I wanted it to be something very uplifting and, Really, that when someone looked at it, they got a feeling of something very um, uplifting, optimistic, because, you know, particularly when you get into the subject of illness and cancer. And and I wanted it to reflect how I felt, which is very much in the light and joyful, all of those beautiful qualities. So in the lead up, I can't remember what I had said, but it feels like so long ago. But I remember, and I am a big believer in being, as we talked about, creators of our reality that we are. That's what we are. We are creators. And so I knew as well, you know, I need to speak about this. So I'm going to start talking to people about, you know, just thinking about. And I was walking with a friend one day and I had given her, I can't remember if I mentioned this, but I had given her a present of different flower seeds that at some stage and she was trying to grow them and we were walking during the summer and she said um Celine you know of all the, the flower seeds that you gave me you won't believe only one of them came up and it's a sunflower and I was like wow that's amazing and I hadn't been consciously thinking of the sunflower but I had been thinking of nature because I'd been very drawn to nature and I think nature is such a huge huge teacher for us we really it, it's really saved my life over the last few years and just learning from observing and being in it and the seasons and everything so I I wanted it to be something from nature so I thought, wow, yeah, sunflower. And then I went for a walk later that evening myself. And I remember it was coming up to, I think they're usually really flowering in August, maybe September. And as I looked up, as I turned a corner, there was just these huge sunflowers facing me, like literally going, waving at me nearly. And, and then I had another experience a few days later because I knit a lot. I, I love knitting. And I was out in the shop where I buy all the wool. And I was standing at the door and I think it was during lockdown and everything. So there was sort of a restriction of people coming in and I was waiting and I turned and I just saw all this material and there was a big roll of material, all sunflowers. And this isn't, I mean, it sounds crazy to people. Now I know when you're looking, you know, you may be aware, you start to see it more. And then I turned and there was a magazine with the sunflower. So something just said to me, 
And I loved how I felt, you know, I wanted something that there was an energy to. And the minute I looked at it, it made me smile and it made me feel joyful. And that's what I love about the sunflower. I love that as well. It sort of turns towards always turning towards the light, turns towards the light. And I just said, well, that's really been the journey for me is that, yeah, journey towards the light. Like all I want to do is face the light and be the light and and we all are that's we come from the light you know sometimes we we're light and shadow like we're human beings so we've it all going on but that's the journey isn't it it's sort of processing and integrating all the shadow and that's been a big part of my journey as well and also the beautiful when you look at the center of the sunflower and the sunflower seeds and the beautiful geometry, you know, all I could mm. see when I looked into it was sacred geometry, the infinity, the yeah. limitless, everything. But I just, just on so many levels, it just felt this, this, this is, if I want to be anything in the world, it's sort of like hopefully a, a sort of a beacon of light as opposed to, you know, and what's possible, like for it, for my journey to serve some purpose because really I think that's what we're all here we're all here to discover our gifts and remember who we are and share that and be of service and help others find theirs so the sunflower just somehow the joy of it I think that's you know we forget sometimes the joy in 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 life because that's and that's the journey I think of plugging out I think it's a really important message in our world right now you know there's so much going on without getting into all of it, but the big message, it's really served me during these last few years because it has really taught me we are the creators of our reality. We're the creators of our world and we have to decide the type of world we want and reality we want to create. So I'm very focused and on that and on the process of clearing trauma. That's been a huge, I think that's what keeps most people away from their truth mm-hmm. and who they are is the difficulty and the challenge of coming back into your body, maybe when you've suppressed a lot. And I was the queen of suppressing. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. And all I can say is once you start on that journey and you will be supported and guided, and if you start to clear, there's always more to clear, then I could start to hear, I could connect, I could plug in, you know, because we're often told all the time, you know, go back inside and connect. And it's like, well, what, what does that really mean? Like, how do I do it? <laughs> and it, to me, it's a very now, it's a very physical thing. It's about physically you're doing physical things, coming back in, coming into your breath, feeling what you're feeling in your body, feeling the pain, you know, feeling everything. Because yeah. that's the only way we can connect with where we come from. And then you start, as you clear out the pain, you start to hear the voice of your intuition. That was the voice that led me to writing, you know. So, yeah, it's so I've got a little bit off the sunflower there, but it, it is just the the joy and the light. There's, there's just so much to it. But yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you for sharing that story. And what I love, too, about the story is that you kind of had three synchronicities mm. like I always mm. believe in that power of three mm. you hear something mm. three times so you kind of have these yes. the story of the three and then isn't it true with sunflowers that if they can't find the sun they turn towards each other I oh, believe yes. and so yeah, when I think about yes. that it's kind of like yes you're turning towards the light but also your journey and what you did was you turned within you know mm. so like when they can't find the light they turn towards each other but they're like a reflection of each other so I kind of yes. see that as a metaphor Beautiful. 
turning within. Yeah. And so I, I liked, I went right to the chat, one of chap, one of your chapters, which is chapter 19, shine your light. That's a little bit of a message from my mom who's in spirit. Her message to me was always has to do with shine on or shine your light. Mm, So I was like, okay, chapter 19, you know, Uh and I loved, you had this one line in that chapter. I'm not afraid to shine. Mm. And I think that 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 one sentence is so beautiful and so powerful. And it, I just finished up teaching a 21 day joy journey with a bunch of women. And it was all about recognizing their own choices, that they are choosing their joy, empowering them to really go within, set boundaries, mm. really do a nice emotional check-in of how are they feeling? How do they want to feel? And in one of the classes, you know, they had to rate their joy meter zero to 10. Nice. And so at the beginning of one class, I said, okay, you know, where's everybody at? And no one was at a 10. And I said, okay, now I'm going to ask you the next question. Why are you choosing to not be a 10 today? And everyone just kind of like stopped and it's like, whoa, they're like, yeah. And I want to be a 10. And then some women kind of said, wow, I didn't even know I could give myself permission to be a 10. And I kind of feel bad if I'm a 10, like, who am I to shine? Who am I to walk around and be a 10? Is that even okay? And how will people perceive me if I just walk around being a 10 of joy? And I love that sentence. I'm not afraid to shine because I think that that's really important that it is okay for people to be okay and to be happy and to find their joy and be in their joy and take that light, like with what you've been doing and shining it out to others. Um, So I love that chapter. And it was a lot about loving yourself. You had quoted um, Anita Morgiani. I don't know Mm. if I pronounced her last name correctly. Yeah. Morgiani. And she has a a tremendous story as well. And you, Mm. a a quote that you took from her was love yourself as if your life depended on it because it does. And I just thought maybe you want to talk a little bit about how people, why it's important for people to shine their light and that it's okay for them to shine. Oh, yeah, that was a big, still is sometimes, it's a big one, isn't it? Because we're sort of, I believe, raised to fit in when really we're meant to stand out. And, you know, it is the truth, though, isn't it? It's, you know, and I see it in so many people around me in my own family because I, and I love my family, but it's just I've shifted so much and I just see everything so so differently and I and I totally understand because we were sort of raised the more obedient and the more compliant and the more you fit in the better the person you were that was how I grew up anyways you know and and then I start to see it when you start to I've even seen it with the, like of young nieces and nephews I don't have children and but I can see I just I don't know it resonates so much when I see them now and the pain sometimes of trying to fit in mm-hmm. you know you can see them and then you see all these children with, you know, I have a nephew and he's sort of searching for a diagnosis. He wants someone to diagnose him, knows him with something. But really, he's just a beautifully sensitive, creative child. Like he <laughs> really is. And he knows that he's quite a strong-willed person as well. But there's this battle going on because he's not able, he's doing his best to fit in. And I think there is a whole other story but I think there's a bigger the systems are sort of designed to keep us sort of small and out of our power because that's how you control and that's how you maintain this and I think that's sort of what we're breaking out of now so my the importance of like if if you understand or accept which I took me a while to that I am spirit I am this 
limitless, boundless, beautiful, infinite energy spirit in a body. And I'm just one aspect. That had just became very clear to me. So if I sort of, I think I mentioned it in the book, Ram Dass, the spiritual teacher says, you know, treat everyone you meet as God in drag. So we're all just, you know, a different, you know, be pretty boring if we were all sort of coming, you know, right. why would spirit <laughs> decide to incarnate to be sort of all the same? So something in me started to, and I think it was listening to Anita Morjani as well. She talks about the tapestry of life. I wrote a book called The Tapestry of Life before this, really about, you know, how we need all of us to be. We all have different roles to play for us to become who we are. So it's, it's. I think there is no other option. I think the journey and the breakdowns and everything we go through are to remind us of that, that it is just as I said, the cost of suppressing the human spirit, this human spirit is, into, you know, it's, it's, it's creative. It's, it wants to be, like you said, joyful and light and experience it's the journey of life. So I just think it's, it's the most important thing we can do is to shine. And you come back into your power. You really, I feel now, you know, when you said, who am I to be a 10, like you said, that woman, I think there's a difference when you come from maybe the place of maybe the ego going, you know, the old, maybe how we've been conditioned. Oh, you think you're better than everyone else. But when it's coming from a truly connected place within your heart and of love towards others and, you know, it's coming from a very different place, then people recognize that. I, I think people love, I, I know, we all know when we're around people when we feel good. Yeah. So I suppose, isn't it that? Do you want to go in? Do you want to be someone where someone comes in? Or do you like to go into a room that's full of negativity and people really being down on themselves and others? Who wants to be around that? So Right. Not me. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Nobody. So, you know, you're a gift to the world when you're when you're when you're oh, being shining. in your joy. Yeah, you're shining. Yeah. And what a beautiful thing. It's like looking at a beautiful flower. Wouldn't you prefer all of us prefer to do that than look at something very dark? You know, and, and that's that's that's. Yeah, that's the truth of who we are. So Great. lovely. Yeah. So as we're kind of coming to an end here, I wanted to make sure that we touch upon a little bit of your inside out living indicator and kind of helping people to create that balance within themselves, kind of like I said, a checks and balances. Can you briefly describe a little bit of some of the things that people should be thinking about as they're kind of measuring their life in a sense? It's kind of looks like a nice little pie chart that you've created there. Very small, and, I know in the book. Yeah. And some of the key, <laughs> yeah. the key things, you know, that people are assessing their life are they in their joy and what are some of the components that you see oh. as this indicator okay and then you know there may be this this came out of I trained really as a life coach for myself initially because I felt as well as the understandings and shifts that take place internally we all need to know practically how do I because we're still navigating this world how do I go about you know I maybe understand that I'm on a, a different path now and I understand that I'm a spiritual being and all of that but how do I start to 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 put that into practice so that's where the training came and we had worked with the wheel of life but what I was finding so the wheel of life was maybe looking at more external measures which that's that's okay too as well but what I was finding was what was making the difference in my life was when I was looking at the things that I can influence. None of us, as we know, can influence what's going on in the outer world. And, right. you know, that, that that's, you know, you know, we, we put ourselves. So I wanted to come from a very empowered place. And so I started just to look at piece together. What's 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 making the difference? How? Because I before I knew it within quite a quite quite 
quickly after, you know, after I'd been through all the treatment, I started to see the change. And I was going, what am I doing now? But I just need to think about it consciously. And the key, obviously, I talk about one of the elements is inner space or, you know, we, we live lives that are so cluttered and busy and in our mind. So I, I think that's a, that's a prerequisite for going on any sort of we have to find and allow some space, some breathing space for something else to, to come in, you know, to, to sort of become a bit more the observer of our life and sort of take a bit of a, a higher view as opposed to being in, you know, so in the person. So cultivating and finding ways to crypt is, is key to me, however that works for you to find that inner space and calm. Um, so that's one aspect. Intuition, obviously, is a key. I mean, to me, that is how... That is how our spirit, our our God force, whatever you want to call it, talks to us. That that that's how we that's how we hear the voice of our spirit, our truth. So, but you can only hear that when you have a little bit of quiet inside. If you have a mind that's talking, 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 it can be hard to tune into that. So, as I said, these are all um, things that we have influence over. Another big one, I think, is key again, and we talked about it: the trauma release or the emotional balance. If you have all, which I did, I was up to here with all of these, you know, we're all carrying the experiences of our life. But what we really want to do is carry like the gifts, but we need to, everything is energy. So if we remember that every experience that we have, even if it's someone shouting at you as a child, just as one example, and you freeze in that moment, that's locked in that energy. It doesn't move through. So we have to keep the energy. I think that's key. We have to. However, you need to get support and there's lots of people and Reiki and all the energy work you do. So there's, you know, there's loads of ways we can. I do it. One example, a practice I do is I do a diaphragmatic breathwork practice every day for a half an hour. And it's quite powerful. And at the beginning, when I was doing it, there was huge emotion rush coming because it was starting to clear out. And now it's but I can feel it now. It's sort of so it's coming into that flow state. So there's sort of practices that can help you with that. So you can start tuning into your intuition and creating healthy boundaries. I had very unhealthy relationships in my life. So just practicing, you know, and I'm still all of these I'm still working on. I don't claim to have anything. So, you know, um, always an ongoing practice. And the more we do, don't we? We go into deeper layers of it. So where I have, you know, just knowing that it's okay to honor what is right for me. It's not about other people. So a lot of this is coming back into what is right for me, honoring yourself, what you need and being able to say, no, this isn't okay with me. And I can remember working with a counselor, a therapist, and she said, you know, you don't need to explain. And I was really, I don't need to explain. Are you sure? But mm -hmm. they want this for me. And they're no, no, no. What, what's right for you? So just being able to stand in that power and go, and it's, it's. I'm finding it much easier now. It's, a, it's a lot easier. A lot of self care practices. So how do you keep yourself in balance? So there's ten. There's ten aspects to this. And so what I ask people to do when they go through it is just to score. Yes, we talked about just score yourself. Where do you feel you are in all of these? And I think you trust your own instinct. You'll nearly know. Like, is there creativity is another aspect. I'm a big believer we have to create outlets in our life. It doesn't matter what that is for you, but we are, that's who we are. It was a huge problem in my life. You know, I have one distinct memory just to say how the universe is always nudging us. I just remember before I got sick in the workplace I was in, 
there was an artist, a beautiful artist, but she was working in marketing and we were all in an office together. And I kept getting, I was feeling really resentful um, towards her. I couldn't understand why. And everybody kept talking about how creative she was. Anytime there was a question about anything, it was ask her, oh, she's the creative one. And I felt my heart sink. But it was, I was getting this nudge, you're not honoring, the, you're, you're suppressing this aspect of yourself. So, you know, that's another aspect. There's things like looking at our beliefs, you know, really digging into what do we believe about ourselves, our values, what's important to us. So as I said, yeah, there's about 10 areas and then you score yourself and obviously you'd like to be at a 10, but you usually aren't. <laughs> Have a lovely, nice wheel. And then I share a lot of the practices that I use. So I wanted the book as well as sort of hopefully people resonating with coming through a break and like being very honest and and, and and sharing a very personal story of going through it. I wanted to have practical elements too, but the end that people can start to go, okay, well, these are some of the steps to find your own because it, it is a journey, I think, of self-empowerment and, and sovereignty. I'm a big believer in sovereignty now, really all important time on the planet to come back into our own be our own authorities in life you know we have everything we need within we really do yeah and so and you're also offering coaching so if people wanted to work one-on-one with you and kind of learn about this wheel that you're doing and some of the Uh other techniques where can people find you uh they can Go on my website is probably the best, best way, Celine O'Donovan. I don't know if it'll be even up there, but it's www.celineodonovan.com, C-E-L-I-N-E, O'Donovan.com. And yeah, and they can reach out there. I have a, a place there that you can you can contact me. So I work with people. You know, I sort of, I call myself more of a guide now than a coach. It sort of resonates more with me because it's a very, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't see myself as really coaching people, but what I'm doing is in a sort of a gentle way, sharing my own journey and also helping people to tap in to that in themselves, their own inner wisdom. And these are just tools to help people do that because we do have everything. Sometimes we just need someone to point us. I needed people to point me, you know, not tell me what to do, but just maybe give me a little pointer. And then I went on that journey and there's nothing better than doing that yourself. We all need support. But um, it is a journey. We do need to go on our own. But yeah, I'd love if anyone would like to reach out. I'd love to talk to them. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Celine, thank you so much. And again, my guest today, Celine O'Donovan. And the book that we were talking about is called Gifts from the Devastation. And I really hope that you feel very inspired by what you heard today. I hope that Celine's outlook and the way that she went through her journey can give you just a piece of inspiration to help you to take a look at maybe some devastation in your life and help you to find that gift. So I'd like to thank you all for listening. And if you would like to watch this video on PAP 11 TV, you can go ahead and do that as well. And then it'll later be up on our YouTube channel. And I just hope you're all having a beautiful day. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com 
and be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now.